Hello, welcome to Local Anesthetic Podcast. This is your weekly injection of mind-numbing local news. My name is Alex. Uh, this is Rob. Hi, how are you doing? Uh, Rob's wearing an England shirt today. That, that's one of the new ones, isn't it? Well, I don't know, is it? I didn't know you were that much of an England fan. I mean, I'm not. It was, going for, it was in the sale. <laughs> right, and did you watch the San Marino game yesterday? There was an England game yesterday. Was there yeah. an England game yesterday? Yeah, we. I think we beat San Marino five 0 I didn't watch the, it. I mean, the great footballing nation of San Marino. They, yeah, they've won one game in their entire history. <laughs> Did you know that? <laughs> no, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, that's impressive. Oh, good, good for them. Uh, yeah, um, this is episode thirty-five now. Is that right? Cause it we, is thirty-five. We're sort of week by week now. We're we're gradually moving to that. You know, we're eventually going to get to fifty-two episodes, which will be one for every week of the year. I'm trying to That's going to be scary, isn't it? Are we get no right. So there's no way. So it will be after Christmas now, is it? Uh, we can have a, well, we can have a, a I'm really special forward, Christmas. I'm really looking episode. forward to a special Christmas episode with well, jingle okay. bells and and, and and other Christmas shit. Yeah, pulling yeah. crackers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is some birds coming? Oh, I'm going to invite some girls around. Yeah, there's a, a bottom joke for you there. Well, yeah. Right, is there anything we need, to, we need to start off with? Well, just that I would like to say to people, you know how last week we said that you'd come to the podcast quite underprepared. I would just like to explain this week, if anybody hears a certain um, fatigue in my delivery, um, I've had three and a half hours sleep last night and um, not don't quite feel on planet Earth. So, that's all. Another good podcast. Another good podcast, yeah, we're... I'm going to start off this week with a, with a, a spam oh, email, which no. I've only just seen. Um, this is from Mary Jane Callow. Mary Jane Callow. Yeah. Greetings, my dear. <laughs> Good start. I am Madam Mary Jane Callow from the Ivory Coast, married to Mrs. Mr. William Callow. He was dealing on gold and diamonds, who died of cancer, leaving me and my son, Ken. <laughs> <laughs> so, sorry, her name's what? Her name is... Mary Jane Callow. And what's her husband's name? Ex-husband? Uh, William Callow. William, and they named their son... Ken. 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 Right. Uh, Pete. <laughs> yeah. Jeff. Uh, right, uh, he's now seven years old. And before his death, not Ken's death, her husband's death, uh, he deposited uh, 10.5 million US dollars in one of the reputable banks, which I'll disclose to you if you agree to help me. Ah, but only if we agree to help uh, Yeah. Since the death of my husband, his brothers have been seriously chasing me around with constant threats, trying to suppress me so that they can have the documents of his landed properties and confiscate them. They have successfully collected all of his properties, yet they never stopped there. They told me to surrender all the bank accounts of my late husband, which I did, but I will never, dis- um, I will never disclose to them of this deposit. Ah, oh, so she's saying this is a, so she's being harassed for all this money, but she's kept one of she's kept one thing back. Yeah, so she's and she's 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 surrendered all of her properties. Uh, I'm not she doesn't go into detail about how many there are, uh, but no, yeah, she wants to hold this 10.5 million pound deposit back. Right, and it, presumably, what I'm guessing is, is that for some reason she's either going to have to look after it or have it. Uh, it's it's funny you should mention that. Right now, that the situation is becoming uncontrollable because of the pressure on me from the family members, which I will no longer like to take more risks staying here with my only son, who is just seven years old. Uh, I am now soliciting for your help to stand as my foreign business partner to receive the funds into your account. You will help me to invest the money into real estate once I come over with my son. So, if you accept to be my partner to receive the funds in your account, get back to me. Please call me after reading. And if anyone would like, would like to call it, uh, it's plus two two nine nine eight five two zero seven nine six. So her i her her idea, her sort of tactical plan for um, um, putting some of this money in investments is to contact somebody at random by email, yep. and hope that I us uh, two people who run a podcast and hope that 
we will be able to do for her. I mean, wouldn't she be better off contacting somebody who works in that area? Well, I mean, you know, she doesn't have to send out a random email, does she? No, but it's also the fact that um, she's asking us not to take on the responsibility of the funds, but take on the responsibility to be her partner and father to a seven-year-old son, <laughs> Ken. <laughs> Fuck you, Ken. If you even exist, you can keep your fucking money. <laughs> Rob, I'm going to kick us off here um, with a story from the news shopper that was actually reported several weeks ago, and I have had it. It's been, you know, because I often have more more stories than I need, and it's kept getting bumped. But it is a pretty stacked up in the in the in the, uh, in the corner. Yeah, uh, uh, but it's a pretty good story, and I, uh, and I kind of regretted not reading it earlier because okay. it was a Sydenham story, which is of course where oh, I was. Wow. Okay. And the headline is um, Sydenham gunpoint mugging, but six foot five inch victim stands up to robber. Jesus. Uh, you'll be interested, by the way, about this story because of the location of it. Okay. But um, it's by Sarah Trotter. It's from the New Shopper. Right. A six-foot-five man has spoken of how he stood up to a mugger who held him at gunpoint near his home in Sydenham. Michael Roberts was returning from a friend's 40th birthday party when he was told to empty his pockets by a gunman in Knighton Park Road in the early hours of September the 2nd. Wait a minute, isn't that just up the road? No, Knighton Park, Road's where, uh, 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 Knighton Park Road is right next to where you go to church. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> Are you going there tomorrow? Not now. <laughs> Leave your wallet at home. <laughs> There's no money in there, really. The 39-year-old who lives in the same street said the surreal, in quotes, experience made him feel laid back, in quotes, and he challenged his attacker, <laughs> what? Refu- refusing to hand over his wallet. The former journalist who runs and owns his own business called Pearly Bed said, I am six foot five, so I've never had any problems before. I've travelled all over the world to weird places. I've never had any problems. He tapped me on the shoulder and I thought he was asking for directions and he asked me to empty my pockets. I asked why and he said he had a gun and got it out. I handed the phone over but... You got refu- a gun out, right? Yeah, he got a gun out. <laughs> yeah. I handed the phone over but refused to give him my wallet. I said I would give him cash. I didn't want to go through cancelling all the cards. I just said, there's no way I'm giving you the wallet. The thug agreed to the deal and Mr. Roberts parted with around 30... 30- <laughs> Okay. The thug agreed to the deal and Mr. Roberts parted with around £30 cash and was left alone. He said he did not feel scared at the time but has since taken a taxi to his front door after a night out and is about to buy a dog. (laughs) (laughs) The keen cyclist said, I wasn't really scared at all. The weird thing is, he was so laid back, it made me feel quite laid back. It felt surreal, like it was happening to somebody else. What is Matt? He's a keen cyclist. Uh, (laughs) It's relevant. It's absolutely irrelevant. Right, okay. <laughs> it's like I, saying, Mr. What's his name? It's like saying, Mr. Whoever who likes sex two times a week. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so, well, it's collecting stamps. <laughs> I never expected to be mugged there. It is very quiet. It's a suburban area with lots of families. It has made me think twice. I didn't think he had made me nervous, but now I take a cab all the way home. <laughs> so bearing in mind he says it hasn't affected him and he's very laid back about it. He's taking a cab home every day. Sorry, so he wants a business called Pearly Bets, which yeah. I'm guessing is a bed shop in Pearly. It is. He's yeah. getting a taxi from Pearly back to Sydenham. Yeah, and he said, but he says he's not bothered, he's very laid back about he's it. He's very laid back, but apparently not that much. So you can take a taxi, which is probably about a 20 mile. He's scared shitless. Yeah. As a side issue, he said, I'm getting a dog. I would feel happier walking along with it. Maybe in Alsatian, but it's not because of that. Again, he's just in denial. If he's a king cyclist, why didn't he cycle to work and cycle back? Exactly, exactly. Why mention it? What penis? Police, don't, don't, we don't want, this man's huge. We don't want any trouble, Rob. Good point, yeah. Police are currently investigating the incident and no arrest has yet been made. Can you retract what you said, please? I'm I'm sorry, mister. I've already forgot your name. Uh, okay, comments. MFC Lion says, he didn't really stand up to him, did he? He just handed his stuff over. Because <laughs> he did. He gave him the phone and gave him cash. 
He basically paid £30 not to get shot. Yes. Yeah, that's a fair deal. Tiggy Lewisham says, exactly, didn't want to go to all the trouble of having to cancel his cards and the mugger was happy with 30 quid. You sure this is not a made-up story to get his business noticed? The mugger had a gun, so he was out to do a mugging, but he was happy with a little £30. No arrests yet. Lol. <laughs> right. Tiggy Lewisham follows up on this and said he was trying to get publicity for his business. If you go to his website, you get his door number. No mugging here because he would not advertise his door number in the street. So she's saying you go to the website and he puts his address on the website. And she's saying if he was actually mugged, why would he put his address? Why would you put... Yeah, why... I don't understand. Why would you put your address? Well, because presumably that's where he gets all his... I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what she's talking about. Comment, commenting Scoffer says... Now, Commenting Scoffer has obviously got a bit of a problem with the notorious commenter, The Wall, because he just says... Is this one last week? Told us a f- uh, no, it was a few weeks ago. Yeah, but it's not the same guy, I don't think. Oh, oh, it could okay. be, I don't know. And he just says, the wall would have handed the lot over, roll on the floor laughing. Right. And the wall obviously reads this, and he wades into the whole comment, so he's obviously seen this, doesn't like his reputation being besmirched. <laughs> and he just says, why are you bringing me into this? Do you still walk down the road arguing with your can of Stella? <laughs> oh. A strange comment there. I don't know why he bought the... I mean, do we think the wall is a local man? He must be. Yeah, he must be. I think he's, yeah. And he seems quite, quite well known on, uh, well, he seems quite well known on, um, do you think he names himself after the Pink Floyd album? He could, he could do, could do. About a man who's, who's bottling up his emotions and a slow loser over the course of time. Indeed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it could well be him. Okay, um, my first story is still sent in by Shay. Uh, it's from the Bristol Post. Uh, there's no journalist uh, listed listed family plea for return a beloved puppy um, a word family are appealing for, to help find their six month old puppy which was stolen from their back garden back Little, garden sorry back garden sorry I've got an ulcer on my tongue and it's, it's, it's not helping um Little Phoebe, right uh, because it's a picture uh, a cross between a Pomeranian and a Chihuahua known as Pomchi Oh, God. I know. Uh, was it was Phoebe. Yeah. Phoebe the Can Pomchi. I tell you a funny story about that? Yeah. Um, I was obviously familiar... Well, when I was growing up, there was... I think it was either in Home and Away or Neighbours, those Australian soaps. There was a character called Phoebe. And I'd and before that thing, I'd never really come across the name Phoebe, particularly. Okay. Um, but I had no idea that it was how it was spelt. So I just assumed it was like F-I-B-I. And then we were having to read some Shakespeare play or something where there was a Phoebe in it, I believe. Yeah. Um, in, in, in English. This is when I'm at secondary school, and we were having to read it out, a couple of people in the class, and one of the characters was called Phoebe, but I didn't know that that's how you spelled Phoebe, and I pronounced it in front of everybody, Phoeb. It's nice. It's kind of, kind of Grecian. Yeah. Yeah. Little Phoebe, um, a cross between a Pomeranian yeah. chihuahua known as a Pomchi, was taken between 6.15 and 7.15 on Wednesday from the Clark family of the Groves Hartcliffe. Jessica Clark, 30, said, I put Phoebe and our two chihuahuas out in the garden while I bathed the children and went outside an hour later and she was gone. Um, we've got a six-foot wooden fence around the garden with no gaps in it and a double-locked gate, so she couldn't have got out. I looked over the fence and could see the weeds have been trampled, so someone must have taken her. Six-foot fence? Six-foot fence. So they scaled a six-foot fence, whisked the dog away, and they were gone. It seems an awful lot of effort to go away to steal some shitty little dog. Yeah, but it's probably worth money, isn't it, this breed? Yeah, possibly. Yeah. You know, it's going into it's that. Don't you remember in one of our earlier, earlier episodes that sort of eyes wide shut star bestiality ring we speculated was existing? I think she's been taken for that. Wasn't it a chihuahua? High class dog hookers. <laughs> Good name for an episode title. Can I High just class say, dog hookers. 
Uh, you know, <laughs> just came out with it there. Yeah. Can I also say, well, I, went, was, I have some friends down in Bristol, and um, I can't remember we got onto the subject, but um, we start talking about dog porn, porn for dogs, I think. But there is a film called Porn Dogs, um, which is, I think, supposed to be a comedy, but it features characters like Ron Jeremy voicing the voicing dogs, and it's a, basically a film about dog porn stars. With dogs having sex. It's a very strange film. We saw, we found a clip of it on YouTube. Rob, um, last week you were talking about a film called Equus. Um, yes. A, a, about a, a person who falls in love with a horse and has a sexual relationship with it. Yes. And you had quite a lot of knowledge about that. You also knew what the technical term was for horse porn. Yeah. This week you've now announced that in Bristol you've been having conversations about dog porn and we've been watching clips of a film about dog porn. Are you worried about yourself? No, because I haven't actually bought these films. I've just watched them. But you seem to have... This, this, <laughs> this has now become what you'd call an interest. Well, yes, of course. I mean, it's, it's like, like I mentioned last week, my, my interest in the Nazis is purely, you know, passing. Right, OK, good. I just need to get an in-depth knowledge before I move on. Sure. Phoebe is very small, light brown in colour, and has a purple collar. What I'm saying is, Rob, I don't want to find out in a few weeks' time that you've been caught in Crystal Palace Park shagging a duck. Well, then I'd probably just ignore some phone calls he might be receiving in the near future. Okay. She was microchipped and looks like a small brown fox. Sorry, a small fox club. Uh, fox cub. Jessica said her children, Emily Rose, eight, Alfie, six, and Harry, three, mm, were always sorry, playing with sorry. a pup. <laughs> what? Emily Rose, Alfie, and Harry. I just, these... It's very middle class. <laughs> well, it's just, yeah, I don't want to go down this route with my kids. <laughs> uh, we always play with a puppy since, uh, since they got her at eight weeks old. The fully grown chihuahua, Polly and Paddy, were unharmed. Mm. Uh, the children were just so upset, Jessica said. We just want to get her back. I don't want to get anyone into trouble. I just want her back. She's microchipped, so hopefully she is taken to a vet or something. We might be able to find her. Uh, I, I would just appeal to anyone who might come across her to call the police as soon as possible. Now, the reason I chose this story, um, as Shay highlighted, is because there's some very weird posts from one particular commenter. He has. I'm shagging your dog right now. <laughs> no, um, although it's possible. Basically, there's four comments, one after another, from this commenter, and they just seem to. His attitude seems to switch halfway through. He's got multiple personality disorder. It does seem to be. Yeah, love it. Let's okay. hear him. So the commenter's called Ten Pounds. Okay, <laughs> interesting. And uh, the first comment he leaves is hot dog yum. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> hot dog yum. Yep. Right. Oh, the oh, second oh, comment dear. is uh, chow dog sweets and sour dog balls and rice, please. Yummy. Right, I want you to read that again very slowly so I can hit every word because okay. there's an episode title on this. Chow dog sweets and sour dog balls and rice, please. Yummy. Right. Sour dog balls and rice uh, yeah, is he, our he's title. He's trying to say sweet and sour. No, no. Sour dog balls and rice. Is our title. Okay, yeah, I completely Or sweet and sour dog balls, whatever. But sour dog balls and rice. Okay, this is disturbing. Yeah. These are the sorts of comments I was thinking you might be writing. (laughs) Is this your way of confessing your love for dogs? (laughs) And the really weird thing is, is that your girlfriend works with dogs. So? Yeah, so I have ready access access to it. Yeah, ready access to it, yeah. This is disgusting. So he carries on the same milk, um, and... He's one of these people who doesn't really understand where you abbreviate. So he put didn't, and it's did, then puts the, I can't think, apostrophe? Yeah. Yeah. And then NT. Didn't get much ratings on this topic. Oh, well. The dog is, is probably, spelled with an I, uh, <laughs> down the Chinese getting picked away with chopsticks. 
Okay, so he's not sexual, I see. So now I get it. Yeah, he's implying that they're eating the... No, there's a sexual undertone. And then it takes a twist, okay? Now, this is the comment, no four stops, no commas, there is a question mark. Okay, listeners, please just bear with me. Crawl. How can someone steal, steal, spelt with two E's, by the way, uh, a dog, it could be a child's dog, which, spelt which, as in pointy hat broomstick. Halloween, yeah. Which a dog would deeply miss an old age pensioner, which is like a soulmate for some, their only company. There should be heavy sentencing on this stealing someone's companion. It's a cool thing to do, not taking seriously what's next, a blind man's dog. Some people think it's just a dog, but it's man's best friend. They can protect and serve the police and some catching criminals that's been asterisked out. Some catch criminals. Yeah, like been crim them. and then four asterisks and an S. Right, okay. Uh, and then he goes on, and some find detect if there is some drugs. So how could someone steal man or woman's best friend? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's ten pounds, is it? Uh, yes. I'd pay ten pounds to hear more of that. <laughs> I think he could. Do, he could go up to Covent Garden and make a killing. I mean, he's he obviously he's he's, he's covered every category of a dog he could think of in the dog. So there's there's police dogs. There's uh, the seeing eye dogs, blind to the blind. There's, there's uh, pensioners. Who, this could be their only friend. Uh, dogs, uh, man, or a man's best friend, he or a woman's best he friend. He didn't cover them with potential lovers. Uh, no, no, but it wouldn't surprise me if we found out they, that that might be something he's into. And throughout that that article, he he continues to spell steel with two e's, as in steel the the metal. I think it's quite clear he's illiterate, Rob. He needed to uh, learn to read by reading to dogs. <laughs> the uh, previous episode, we'll see, a few true. weeks ago. Why would you asterisk out criminals like it's a dirty word? <laughs> <laughs> or maybe he didn't write criminals. Maybe he wrote criminals. Yes. <laughs> Isn't <it> episode title <laughs> criminals? <laughs> I don't think we. Fortunately, it wouldn't get past iTunes. Yeah, it wouldn't. <laughs> um, I'm, I, I there's one possibility that nobody's spoken about in this, and which seems to have eluded the middle class woman here, is that the dog left of its own volition. I think the dog um, made a bid for freedom and somehow managed to scale the six-foot fence, possibly with the use of a trampoline, to escape this middle-class hell that it was trapped in. Are you suggesting like the cat last week? <laughs> who was, it sounds like, was being kept in by this old man and basically was trying to raise the alarm by contacting... Oh, not the cat that was killed by the microphone. No, 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 no. I'm suggesting that the dog has made a bid for freedom. I think you could be right. Okay, Rob, my next story is from the Bournemouth Echo. Okay. Uh, it's again, it's from a few weeks ago, but then there was a follow up on it, so I wanted to, to talk about it. It's by um, a person, an author, uh, a journalist called Jane Reader, and the headline is Postbox Mystery Residents Stunned by Changing Colours of Southbourne Pillar Box. Before you start, can I just say, I have also got a story about a pillar box um, changing colour because of the Olympics. Is there anything to do with that? Are you kidding? No. So by pure coincidence, you've ma- No, this isn't to do with the Olympics, so you've managed, you've also got a story about a pillar box changing colour. Yeah. Uh, the, okay, so the episode could become quite boring for listeners from here on in. Unless you're a fan of pill, pill boxes. Unless you're a fan of pillboxes. There was actually a man, by the way, apparently was going around the UK cataloguing every single pillar box in the, in, in the country. Right. That's it. Had some time on his hands then. Yeah. Southbourne residents are rubbing their eyes in disbelief as the colour of a royal mailbox postbox continues to change. From its original iconic red to black and now to cream, the Southbourne Road box is a mystery both to residents and to the Royal Mail itself. The box on the corner of Armwood Road was black for a number of days before being transformed overnight. Resident Christine Barrett said, I'm hoping readers of the Daily Echo might have an explanation for this. I'm curious. When it was black, I thought perhaps someone was depressed about something. <laughs> but I can't think... Wait, sorry, wait, wait, wait. So she's, she's trying to 
connect it to mood. So yeah, she's saying so that somebody this vigilant, not a vigilante, but this uh, opportunist has painted the pillar box black to represent his his dark moods. Yeah, right. And, and then she says, but, but what's weird? She says, but I can't think of why somebody why we painted cream. Well, if you use the same logic, maybe they're a bit happier that day. Yeah. I don't know. A number of post boxes across the UK were painted gold during the Olympics, mainly in the hometowns of medal winners. Amazing. But a spokesman for the Royal Mail said they could think of no reason for a black or cream post box. We are aware of the post box on Southbourne Road, Bournemouth, being painted by parties unknown, said Nick Martins. We are, we are unaware as to the reason for this and will be restoring the box to its iconic red colour shortly. Resident Joan Baker said, I didn't mind the gold boxes in the Olympics, but this is just silly. Someone is playing games. And passerby Maureen Symes added, I would like to know why somebody has done this. There must be a reason. I can't wait to see what colour it is tomorrow. <sighs> okay. Comments? Uh, by me or were the ones you're going to read? I'm out? going to read. I've them got out. a lot, but maybe we should read some out what, first. What do you want to say? What? Why? What? Why? Why, why does what? it matter? Well, it's a funny little local town story, isn't it? Ha ha. Go and kill yourself. Ray C says, <laughs> "Fuck you." I wonder how <laughs> Not much. Not you. It... <laughs> There's the residents of town. I wonder how much it will cost the post office to paint it red. Perhaps they should contract it out to whoever is painting it now, as he seems to be making a decent job of it, and we'll do it overnight. Fair point. Pablo twenty three says, "The best pranks are the ones that have no reason." I'd like to see it stripy rainbow next. Yeah, fair, fair, fair point. Elite fifty says. Uh, <laughs> he responds to Pablo saying, "The best pranks are the ones that have no reason." Just says, "Ever heard of Law and Order?" <laughs> Uh, Rudolph, oh, God, Rudolph Hucker says police are looking for a local male. <laughs> yeah, that's, Pun. That's yeah. good, yeah. Uh, Daffodil 2 says, yellow next, please. <laughs> Fair enough. MJD says, how about sky blue pink next? Uh, and Mr. Pitiful quotes Rudolph Hucker, who writes police are looking for a local male, and he follows up with a pun and says, and they're going to post a further description of the suspect shortly. Oh, I see. Mr. Pitiful says, I think the cream looks good in the pit, kind of a shabby chic effect. Uh, Pete Woodley says it takes a good 15 minutes to paint a box yet nobody saw anything that's the last comment uh, now Pete Woodley you say it takes a good 15 minutes to paint a box yet nobody saw anything um, how do you know it takes 15 minutes to, post, to, post, yeah. to paint a post box that's quite suspicious arrest that man yeah uh, following up on this story this was right. out on uh, uh, last week Southbourne's post box prankster paints it mostly black right <laughs> Uh, a prankster has again painted a Southbourne post box, but this time it looks like they were spotted. The mystery painter has missed patches, as if they have had to escape at short notice. The box on the corner of Armwood Road, yeah, 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 has been previously painted black and then cream in overnight artistic raids. It's even been featured in the Daily Echo and on local TV news. What? Nicola Pack from nearby Southbourne Grove Hotel said, We have noticed it changing colour, but we haven't got a clue why somebody is doing it. It was repainted red, then somebody tried to paint it black, but it looks a bit like a ladybird now, because they obviously got scared off. Yeah. I would say it started off as a prank, and now they have carried on because of the attention. The Royal Mail has previously said it could not think of a reason for the raise and that it would repaint it red. Just one comment. Music Cliffman says, there is a fine line between an amusing prank and criminal vandalism. In my view it has now been crossed here. There is also a fine line between funny and boring. This has also been completely crossed. <laughs> could say that about our podcast. <laughs> I think that, that, that story just epitomises why we start this podcast. Yeah, a local... A lo- yeah. A local anaesthetic story, if ever there was one. And here's one that follows it quite nicely. Um, this was sent in by a good friend of ours, Chris. Um, oh, what? Oh, Chris. Who? Chris. 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 Yeah. yeah, Chris. Chris. Um, Chris, uh, who's basically our friend equivalent of Kramer from Seinfeld. Yes. 
Yeah. Uh, can I just tell a quick story about Chris, just give people an idea of the sort of guy he is? Because oh, I think we've got time to sell a few. We did say, well, no, we haven't, but we did say <laughs> that we could do an entire podcast just about Chris. Absolutely. We could probably get Chris here, and that would be the podcast. Um, I'm assuming that Chris listens to the podcast. I don't know. I've got no idea. Chris, let us know. I'm sure um, if, if you submit stories, I'm, I'm assuming you have listened to the podcast. Uh, just one story about Chris. Chris used to work as um, the administrator in, in in where I worked as part of that team. That's how I met him. Um, and just to give you a kind of, the, I'm, I'll just give you two very 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 quick stories about Chris just to give you the idea of the sort of guy he is and this is typical of Chris's life on a daily basis and it's none of it's done deliberately it's just who he is but um, for example one time he turned up to work and, and, and it still to this day I'm not entirely sure how had managed to um, uh, get lots of holes in his trousers during the journey he'd, yeah. he'd caught something and all his trousers were ripped and the only thing he could think to do to rectify the situation was to staple the holes together yeah. um, another good story about Chris was uh, he decided that he was going to become vegan uh, and uh, <laughs> Uh, 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 yeah, so he, he took up a vegan diet. The only problem was is that a few of us realised after a couple of weeks that he every day at his desk at the same time each day he sat and ate a scotched egg, uh, scotch egg. And, and so somebody turned to him and said, um, "I thought you were vegan." And he said, "Yeah, I am." And they said, "But you're eating a scotch egg." And Chris said, "Yeah, I know." And they said, "Yeah, but <laughs> a scotch egg's got an egg in it and ham." Uh, and, and, and then I, mean, I think they, Chris it, stopped eating them. Or abandoned veganism, I can't remember which. I think it's probably the latter. Um, I mean, it's astounding, really. It is astounding. Yeah. Uh, and I know Chris from university and lived with him for six months as well. And so, yeah, and, yeah. and, 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 and the, there are endless stories there about are. Chris. Anyway, we'll, we'll persevere with this story. Um, but, all, but we love you for it, Chris. Yeah, absolutely, of course we do. Uh, this story uh, comes in from where Chris currently lives in uh, Alton. And the story is, which he sent a link from uh, the BBC website for the Hampshire and Isle of Wight uh, section of England. Uh, wrong post. Hampshire and Isle of Wight? Yes. Okay, Hampshire is next to Dorset yes. on the south coast. Yes. And that's where the Isle of Wight is as well. It's off there, you know, in the sea, obviously. Wrong post box, painting gold in honour of Olympian Peter Charles. Right. Royal Mail's painted the wrong postbox in honour of uh, Hampshire Olympian Peter Charles. The postbox in Alton was painted after Charles won a gold medal in the Olympic equestrian event along with Scott Brash, Nick Skelton and Ben Mar- Mayer. Mayer. Um, residents in Alton describe the postbox as excellent. <laughs> Why would you describe a gold letterbox as, as excellent? Because it's the only thing you've got in your life. <laughs> Good point. But pointed out, Charles is from the village of Bentworth, about four miles away. Royal Mail said they have now painted the postbox in Bentworth gold as well. Royal Mail pointed out that Team GB website stated um, that Charles is from Alton. The error comes just a day after a postbox in Harlow, Essex, was painted gold in honour of Olympic champion Laura Trott, who later tweeted that despite being born in the town, her hometown is in fact, is in fact Chessent, Chessent even, in, in Hertfordshire. <laughs> the postbox in Alton remained gold for a few months, Royal Mail said. No comments. What do you make of that story then? Not a lot. Royal Mail paid on post box. Cheers, Chris. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. Yeah. Right, Rob, my next story is from the Bournemouth Echo. Okay. Uh, quite a brief one here. Bank manager took £18,000 loan in customer's name, and it's by <laughs> Stephen Bailey. Um, a bank manager took out a fraudulent £18,000 loan from his own bank and used his own staff ID to log on. Nice. Diamond Dinage was... Sorry, what? Simon Dinage, 
I really thought you said Diamond I, Dinage. I think I did. Oh, right. <laughs> Simon Dinage was swiftly caught and was jailed for 12 months at Bournemouth Crown Court. The 38-year-old was the manager of Lloyd's TSB in Verwood, but the court heard he was in financial trouble. He took out the loan in the name of a customer last year, then transferred the cash to his pregnant girlfriend's account. Berenice Mulvaney, defending, said anybody in their right mind would have known this would be picked up. He gave his own details. He used his own staff ID <laughs> to log in. He knew the customer would receive this letter. Master so, criminal. <laughs> yes. It was a complete moment of madness. Judge John Harrow said it was almost a death wish, really. Not, not quite. No, no. Not Dinage, so. Dinage, I don't know if it's Dinage or Dinage. I just called him Dinage. I was working out the last... <laughs> I, like, I, I like the idea that if it is actually Dinage, but I like... I don't he know, he, he called himself. It's yeah. Dinage. Yeah. Uh, Dinage was working out the last few days of his notice at the time. The court heard he's unemployed. <laughs> That's what I do. The court heard he's unemployed, but has taken refresher courses in plumbing, and his father had arranged... <laughs> Temporary work from... Isn't it a bit strange to... Why did he hand in his notice from being a bank manager to, to go into plumbing? Do you reckon that was his lifelong ambition to become a plumber? Make, make a, a lot of money to be a plumber, couldn't you? Yeah. He has a partner with a three-month-year-old child. He also supports his partner's two children and has two children from a previous relationship to support, the court heard. He told his girlfriend the money came from an inheritance and around £8,570 was recovered. Mm. George Harrow told him, what you have done is entirely out of character. You have brought disgrace not just upon yourself but also your family. Do not... <laughs> <laughs> nice. It's very personal, isn't yeah. it? Dinage of Harris Avenue in Hedge End, Southampton, pleaded guilty to fraud by abuse of position at an earlier hearing. <clears throat> After sentencing, he was led down to the cells while three, while three female supporters cried in the public gallery. Three female supporters? And, yeah. They were doing Franklin. Can I, yeah, can I give you the comments? Because they're good. Okay. And I just like them because uh, I think you'll like them. Capricorn 1 says, Not the sharp, sharpest knife in the drawer. Uh, Bog Trotter says, don't think this one will make it onto the real hustle. Uh, let common sense prevail. This is why I like the comments where they start going. Just says, thieving bankers. Uh, Ray C says, makes you wonder about the selection process that's in place for Lloyd's TSB managers. So at least he attempted to rob the customer only once. His bank has been systematically robbing their customers and the taxpayer for years. Here, here. Comment of the week. Renegade Master says, just goes to prove that you cannot trust bankers on any level. They've been robbing us blind for years, now all suffering from their incompetence. Oh, yeah, just repeat the comment above, but never mind. Uh, MyG15 says, just think this man is going to serve more time than all the Wall Street banksters combined. Nice. It's a fair point, actually, yeah. Music Cliffman says, oddly I, feel very, oddly, I feel a very little bit sorry for this guy because his colleagues in much higher places wreck the entire world's economy big time, not just a single customer's account temporarily, and have so far got completely away with it. Funny, that. <laughs> fair point. I mean, bless him. I mean, credit for trying. But No, Rob, it's fraud. I mean, credit for trying. It's theft. Yeah, but, uh, you know, he did it once. Yeah. <laughs> Last story, um, also from Shay, uh, from the Bristol Post. Diabetic leaves trail of destruction on trip to chemist. <laughs> um, oh, by the way, if anybody's listening in America, I mean, a, fem- a chemist is like a drugstore. I mean, they we, know what a chemist is. Pharmacists. No, they would call them pharmacists, and we call them pharmacists, but we still have some people who call them chemists. Yeah, that's true. A learner driver crashed into a car, and then, as the owner who tried to, to get her attention to swap insurance details, reversed into it a second time. Oh. <laughs> Bristol oh. Crown Court heard uh, after the accident, I think it's Kanzi but Zushin, then uh, slammed into a parked car, planned into a moving van, and then finally destroyed a bollard. Oh, <laughs> no. Um, the 25-year-old was driving so badly, uh, badly after popping to the chemist alone uh, that school children gathered to watch. The diabetic had decided to, to illegally uh, drive along to the chemist to pick up medication because she had low blood sugar. 
The non-speaker who, who was arrested and given the police and gave the police a prepared statement in which she conceded she drove off in a panic as her first victim got out of the car. <laughs> but Jian uh, admitted making a series of wrong judgments and was truly sorry. The mother of two, aged 25, of, Ly- uh, of Linton Road, Bedminster, pleaded guilty of dangerous driving and driving without a licence or insurance. Um, what? No licence, plate. Uh, she had no licence. Uh, no driver's licence and she no, had no insurance. Licence, no insurance. What the fuck is she doing driving around in a car? I know. Well, that's, that's the question. She's got to go down for this. Um, Robert Reed, prosecution, said it was 4.30pm p- uh, when, just as parents were collecting youngsters from uh, Victoria Park Junior School, but Zia was on uh, Atlas Road, hence the chemist, in a red Nissan micro. Because she needed drugs for her diabetes? Yeah. Uh, so, so she, she had borrowed... low blood sugar. <laughs> so she's borrowed a car because it was a desperate situation. Yeah. Right. But she had low blood sugar... <laughs> And anyone know who's diabetic? My dad's by diabetic. Knows you eat a chocolate bar. You do not head to the chemist. Oh right. Okay. Okay. Well, she so she's have a chocolate bar. so it's four thirty afternoon. So get a picture of this. She was four thirty afternoon as parents were collecting their kids from school right. when she came driving down the road. Low blood sugar without a license. Yeah. Or um, insurance. Mr. Reed said witnesses said that she was travelling excessively fast. She turned. She turned right down uh, Raymond Road to the junction of St John's Road. Uh, that resulted in her car becoming bedded in a white van. The court heard, but she had attempted to reverse away, but was initially unsuccessful. Having freed her car from the tangle, she reversed black, flattening the bollard at the corner of the road. Uh, Mr. Reed said her husband came, and there was a confrontation between various parties. <laughs> so then her husband turns, okay, so she, let's imagine, she, so she crashed into this white van, tried to reverse after the driver of the white van got out to try and get a vi- <laughs> sure, <laughs> and then she crashed into a bollard and another car. Um, so then her husband turns up out of the blue and then a confrontation ensues I wish I'd been there yeah one witness reported the head teacher of the school being uh, directed by police to usher children away from the scene <laughs> in her prepared report to the police the learner driver conceded her catalogue of errors and wrote I will not drive alone until I have the correct documents <laughs> but see all with low blood sugar I know <laughs> Butzian sobbed as Catherine Spedding. So read that again. Butzian sobbed as Catherine Spedding, defending, said, "This was the first collision, and she panicked. She was in a difficult state. She gone to the chemist to collect her medication. Her blood sugar was low at the time. Um, anyway, I'm not going to go on because it's, it's much the same milk. Because I want to move on to the comments. Um, she was given a 20-week prison sentence, suspended for 18 months, uh, but was told that she must observe a 16-week tagged curfew." in which she must stay at home from the hours of 8 till 8 p.m. to 6 a.m., banned for driving for 80 months, and orders to take an extended driving test. What's the point of the curfew, making sure she stays well, at home? this is a good point, and someone else picks up on yeah, this. Why do that? Why not just say you can't drive and give her a final or give her a jail sentence or whatever? Why say you've got to stay at home? It's just It doesn't make any sense, does it? It's just spiteful. Yeah. Petty. You've okay. got to stay at home. So, the first comment is from uh, a real Bristol. Crocker shit alert. If the husband came along and started kicking off, why did he just go to the chemist on his wife's behalf? Yeah. <laughs> Funny that he was uh, he was close enough to get there quickly when his illegally driving wife crashed into the car into three others. Witnesses say she was driving fast uh, next to a school. What would have happened if she had knocked over a child? Fair well, point. We'd be talking manslaughter. Yeah. The um, answer's obvious, isn't it? Yeah, that's true. And then uh, the comments take a slightly Bournemouth echo stance. Oh, good. Yeah. Dog of the day says. <laughs> dog of the sorry, day. day of the dog, not dog of the day. <laughs> either, um, either or. Yeah. What amazes me is how someone who cannot speak a single word of English even thought of getting into a car and driving through a highly populated area. Sorry, they can't speak English. Yeah, I didn't pick up on that. Yeah, she can't speak a word of English. Where's she from? Um, I, I think. Does it say? 
So how's she going to go to a chemist and get what she needs if she can't speak English? That's a very good point. Or swap insurance details. Does it? Say, I don't think it doesn't say. It sounds like this guy was keeping this. What? What? You know? Okay. Do you reckon she made a break for freedom? I, possibly. I'm just going to the shops to get. Th- I'm not sure why she's Mexican. <laughs> that was a bit racist. Was it? Yeah. Well, I don't know what she is. I mean, I, I, she might be Mexican. I'm just saying that that's how she would speak. I'm just going to the shop to get my medication. Yeah. Taking the car. But she can't speak a word of English, Rob. And that was English. No, that was Mexican. Ah. Oh. Um, so can I actually, can I just say? I mean, we don't have many Mexicans in this country, Rob. I mean, you're, you're acting like we live in in California, where they've got a huge Mexican uh, Mexican uh, immigrant population. I don't recall. You know, in my work, I work with a lot of people from different countries. I've not met anybody from Mexico yet. Do many people from Mexico travel across the border and come to the UK? No, they go to the United yes, States. Yes, they come in for the free healthcare. They go, they go to the United, they go to the United States because there are holes in those. What borders. I'm saying about it is, there's a lot of diabetic Mexicans who have come over from across the border in the US and then have managed to end up in the UK. Um, <laughs> swam the Atlantic. Yeah, swam the Atlantic, uh, so they can get free insulin. David Dog continues in his comment. Um, <laughs> it's nothing at all. It's, it's nothing at all to do with the diabetes at all. Her prepared statement should have read, I'm stupid, irresponsible, and a public menace. In the future, I will learn to read, speak, and write the language of my adopted home before even this kid is to take a driving test. Yeah, why don't we put her in the stocks and throw tomatoes? <laughs> Absolutely. Well? Um, what value does a particular individual add to the UK society? So far, I'd imagine that the combined cost of what her benefits she is in receipt of and the damage caused by her sheer stupidity is thousands of pounds. <laughs> Whatever she has to do to uh, pay in cost damages will be deducted from her benefits. So in in reality, we, the taxpayer, are paying. I might be wrong, and she should be, and she could be gainfully employed, paying into a higher tax bracket. Especially as I hear there's a huge demand for non-driving, non-speaking diabetics at the present time. (laughs) Non-driving, non-speaking diabetics. Yeah, it's also a good title. Yeah. there was another comment by a real Bristol, um, and he just had some very friendly advice saying, um, every diabetic knows if you get a hypo, as in low blood sugar levels, all you need to do is eat some carbohydrates, as I said, it's sugar. And then he makes a, uh, he gives her an example of a, a very fine concoction she can make if she needed to. But the thing is, is that the people you have not realised and that he's not realised is that she might, that part of the problem might be she might not have had anything in the house to eat. And that's why she needed to get in the car and drive off like a maniac. She should have made herself some, some fajitas or other Spanish dishes, uh, Mexican <laughs> dishes. <laughs> right, okay. I, I really apologise for I mean, Rob's... fajitas are Mexican, aren't they? I really apologise. Burritos, they're definitely Mexican. I really apologise for Rob's inexplicable... Um, uh, attack on the Mexican population if there are any Mexican people listening taken off if there are any Mexican people listening uh, what, what, what's hello in Mexican? Ole Ole, uh, ole. That's it. Oh. yeah if there are any Mexican listeners uh, listening Ole or uh, hello we can't cut this out <laughs> <laughs> should we wrap up the podcast? Yeah, let's wrap it up with my... Now, Rob, with my geographical challenge, do you remember last week you were impressed? Because on the morning that you came over, I'd spent some time looking at a county map. Yes. I haven't looked at that county map again once since the last episode, so it'll be useful to see if I have retained anything. I've done no research at all. Okay. So you're going to ask me where, what, three counties are, and I'm going to tell you. So let's, do, let's do two counties. Okay. Excuse right. me. And, uh, and also a landmark. 
Okay, but I haven't researched landmarks yet, but okay. It doesn't matter. I, I, I'll try and pick one that's famous. Then yeah, because you want me to is. get it wrong, so then it's funny. Okay, yeah, yeah. sure, good. Yeah, yeah. So there's no... Yeah. Alex baiting, basically, yeah. Well, yeah, but, you know, you know it, it, it's, it's, it's good for the listening public. Okay, so this week, I want you to tell me where Cambridgeshire is. Okay. I believe, from the research that I did last week... That Cambridgeshire is towards, I don't know if it's bordering, but it's definitely towards Lincolnshire. Very good, I'm impressed. And does it, so I'm, I'm imagining in my mind now London, and I'm imagining going north east of London up. Yes. Toward, and, and then in its up there, I don't, does it border the Lincolnshire? I kind of have a feeling it does. It does. It does. Uh, but what's around it are all those things now. I, I mean, I've got a. F- it, does it Leeds anywhere near it? No, no, no that's you're in Yorkshire territory. No, yeah, further up, much further up. But I'm, but but Lincolnshire, Cambridgeshire. Think of the rump. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm thinking what goes the other side. Oh, I see. Right. Yeah, yeah. The rump is um, is um, North uh, uh, Nor- uh, Norfolk. Yes. Yeah. I'm done. I'm impressed, Alex. But, this but, is what, good. But what's what, what's to the other side of Cambridgeshire? You have Bedfordshire and Northamptonshire. That's it. Um, how about then, nice and easy, Essex. Well, give me a harder one than that. But okay, Essex is is, is yeah, Essex is adjacent to London, to the east. Nice and simple. Yeah, give me another. Impressed, one. Alex. This give me good. another one though. Come on, go. go on. We're kind of running out of characters here. No, no we're not. We are because we, we mentioned ones last week and ones that are surrounding it. Okay, okay uh, Derbyshire. Uh, okay, Dar- Dar- um, Derbyshire's near near, you know, the Manchester area. Uh, it is, yes. Agreed. Of it, it would be Lancashire, no, and, uh, absolutely. and then Yorkshire. Uh, yeah, no, that's that's Rough pretty much it. Okay, okay. So it's not bad, but I still want to firm this up. Uh, landmark. Okay. So this week, I'd like you to tell me where Hadrian's Wall is. Okay. You should ask me what Hadrian's Wall is, first of all. No, because you just say a wall. Now, come on, let's try that. Ask me what Alex, Hadrian's Wall is. What's, a Hadrian, what's Hadrian's Wall? Is Hadrian's Wall connected in any way, shape or form to a king? Well, it's connected to the Emperor Hadrian. The Emperor Hadrian. Yes. We had an emperor in this country? You know the whole Roman thing? Yeah, oh, that, oh, right, yeah, 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 no, no. but you wouldn't have thought of a Roman called Hadrian. Why well, would because there's an emperor, emperor oh, Hadrian? Oh right, I didn't realise that that was uh, emperor. Okay, so he built a wall. You know that England was under Roman rule. I know that okay. very well. I do know that. Okay, so Hadrian built a wall. Yes. Did he? Yes. Why was it to cut off one area from another? It was. And was it tall then? Uh, not particularly. Some bits were. Is it connected? Was this his way of trying to get rid of the Welsh? <laughs> no, no. The Scottish? Uh, yes. Ah, so it's built probably somewhere below Glasgow. Uh, yes, it's it's more or less around the Knights of area, sort of Northumberland, Cumbria, and it was built yeah. to try and keep the Scots, or I believe they were called the Picts, I think that's right at the time, to keep them out of the... Uh, uh, and it's still there, is it? It's still so there. So how come Scots can come to England and if there's this great big wall they can't scale? Uh, the wall's probably about as high as this table. Uh, why is it? How did that keep what was the Scottish people shorter when Hadrian was around? Was I it? believe so. Yeah, they were. No, no, no. Why is it? Why is it? I don't know. Why, oh, you don't know why the why the wall got smaller? Because people were smaller. They were right. midgets, Alex. I didn't know that. So during Roman occupation or not, well, not Roman rule of uh, of Britain, 
uh, uh, people were smaller. Yeah. That's a historical fact. And so they couldn't scale a two-foot wall. Or the Scots were, anyway, because they were stunted from all the alcohol and incest. Okay, uh, so that's that's the Mexicans the Scottish taken care of. <laughs> it's all in Who do we install next week? It's all in good jest. Look, yeah, of we, course we can all laugh at ourselves. Rob and I are English and we're both wankers. Yeah, it's, it's a true in, story. In, 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 the, in the interest of balance. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, as always, guys, thank you for listening to the podcast and I uh, hope you have a good week. God bless. Take care. <laughs>